this is a war machine rhino. What's up? This is TJP. This is a swing man, Johnny Swinger. This is Father James Mitchell. And you're listening to Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis. Total Nonstop Analysis, Daddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of Total Nonstop Analysis Featured Fridays, where every other Friday, just as a bonus, we will join together for a little stroll through the history of TNA. Only this time, there's no rules. Each episode, we will take a look back on a wrestler or a topic highlighting a small selection of matches or promos. First up, we will be covering Raven, the Asylum Years. I am your host, Carmen Michael, joined as always by my friend and former virgin of TNA, KP. Are you as excited as I am about this? Oh, yes, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, You know, like I said before on the other shows, uh, I didn't watch WCW. So I'm being basically first introduced to Raven, being introduced to Raven for the first time in TNA, and so I was really excited to do this uh, for this debut episode on Raven matches and going back and watching them. I'm like, yeah, I, I see myself becoming a a future Raven fanboy 100. percent I can completely see why Raven is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and there's a reason for it. Today, we have a selection of three matches for our viewing pleasure to introduce you sort of to bridge that gap between where we started the podcast. For those of you that don't know, Total Nonstop Analysis primarily picked up around the beginning of the Impact Wrestling TV show. But we did do a prologue where we did cover the very first TNA pay-per-view. So we did miss out on a large portion of the Asylum years. But now we are going back. And with this, like I said, there's no rules. We can go back and watch pretty much any wrestler. We can skip ahead, watch stuff from, you know, the 2010s, just whatever we want. So this is going to be fun. Our first match, though is Raven taking on Jeff Jarrett for the NWA Championship. This is on weekly pay-per-view number 43 in a match deemed the most anticipated in NWA TNA history. We get a really well-done promo package with Raven telling the tale of his journey over some horror sounds, transitioning into a hard rock track as Raven and a crew of ECW originals, Saturn, Sandman, Justin Credible, and New Jack, are targeting a babyface Jeff Jarrett to fulfill Raven's prophecy of becoming NWA World Heavyweight Champion, which he proclaims is his destiny. We then cut backstage with a split-screen view of the competitors getting ready for their matchup, followed by a video package for our hero in peril, Jeff Jarrett, who is confident leading into the fight, but knows the dangers of the battle in front of him. Right off the bat, how strange is it for you to see a babyface Jeff Jarrett here? 
I don't know how I feel about babyface Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> like I, I know some wrestlers can do, you know, face and heel almost vice versa, and uh, no problem. But mm, Double J just works as a as a heel perfectly. I just I don't like the face Jarrett. <laughs> it's very strange, isn't it, to see good guy Jeff Jarrett? Yeah, that's not saying anything about him personally. Listening to his podcast, I I really think he's a likable dude. But as far as an on-screen character, he's one of the most unlikable guys in the world. God, (laughs) nepotism at his finest. (laughs) It is crazy seeing this. We get a tale of the tape showing that both men are pretty evenly matched as sports entertainment extremes. Raven gets set to battle TNA savior Jeff Jarrett. KP, yeah. we skipped over this. Yeah, we skipped over the asylum days, so you didn't NWA get to see all that was sports entertainment extreme. Wow! Or as the acronym states, sex. <laughs> never guess whose idea that was. Raven makes his way to the ring, accompanied by the Gathering, Julio De Niro. And Alexis Lurie, the future Mickey James. We then get bowl cut Jarrett making his way to the ring, fresh off of his trip on a yellow submarine, and he is focused. Jeremy Borash with the main event introductions, and they really do a great job giving this match a big fight feel. Jarrett and Raven are pretty evenly matched in the beginning. Alexis causes the distraction, allowing Raven to set Jarrett up for a chair shot from Julio De Niro. But Jarrett ducks, causing Raven to eat the chair shot instead. Jarrett then reaches deep in his playbook and hits a top rope plancha to the gathering on the outside of the ring, but is quickly hit with one as well from Raven. The gathering set up a table ringside and Raven sets Jarrett up for some sort of aerial maneuver. But Jarrett stirs and gets back into the ring. Julio slides a chair into the ring, which Raven quickly sets up for his patented drop toe hold. Both men are busted wide open. Raven gets Jarrett in a sleeper hold, and it looks like the reign of Jarrett may be in jeopardy. But as the life of Jarrett starts to fade, he begins to stir right before the referee stops the match and manages to break his way out of the sleeper hold. The Gathering try to interfere once again inside the ring, but Jarrett fights them off. Jarrett hits a stroke, and Raven somehow manages to kick out at two. Jarrett then eats a Raven effect almost immediately after for another near fall, and both men are giving it all. What's it going to take to win, KP? This match, uh, at this so far at this point, is just excellent. <laughs> like, uh, I, I'm usually not a fan of finishes not being not, finishers not being protected, but I'm uh, I'm down for this because it shows that you know neither man wants to give up. Definitely sensing a lot of desperation here. Both men yeah. will do whatever it takes to win, win at any cost at this point. And speaking of desperation, Jarrett in a desperation maneuver hits a cross body, sending both himself and Raven flying over the top rope and crashing to the floor. 
Jarrett sets Raven on the table and signals he's going for a diving elbow drop from the turnbuckle. But De Niro locks him in a sleeper hold. Jarrett fights him off and lands an elbow drop onto Raven through the table to the outside. He then slides Raven in the ring and in an act of disrespect hits Raven with his own finisher. But the gathering drag the referee out of the ring before he can make the pinfall. As the referee is ejecting the gathering, Jarrett is launched into the ref, knocking him down from the apron. Both men seeing an opportunity, each land a low blow at the same time on the other man. That was probably my highlight of the match. (laughs) That was a great spot. (laughs) They, they both, both turn and look at each other and almost at the same time you see the look of, wait a minute. <laughs> and then they both yeah, kick they each other in the dick. <laughs> right the fucking balls. <laughs> they just both topple down oh, right God, after. It's great. Everyone is down. And then Sports Entertainment Extreme and the Disciples of the New Church randomly show up to fight ringside. Extreme Revolution then hit the ring. Our team of ECW Originals And all the men take turns just demolishing Jeff Jarrett as Don West yells on commentary. There's no way Jarrett can defeat these odds, which. (laughs) He doesn't know Jeff Jarrett. Exactly. The group handcuffs Jarrett and land a combination super kick concerto, which was absolutely brutal. They exit the ring and Raven signals to hit Jarrett with one last chair shot before the lights go out and come up to reveal Sabu struggling to enter the ring, (laughs) but with a chair nonetheless, and he attacks Raven and the extreme revolution. Meanwhile, in the ring, Raven attempts to hit Jarrett with a chair shot, but Jarrett evades and the chair ricochets into Raven's head Jarrett scurries over for the pinfall, but is unsuccessful. Then NWA Vice President Bill Barons brings a universal handcuff key, which is something I wasn't aware of. And for some reason, that key was just chilling backstage. And the referee struggles to unlock Jarrett, so much so that a frustrated Raven takes the key and and does the job for him. Raven, the man who handcuffed Jarrett, then uncuffs Jarrett, (laughs) hits a Raven effect for the nearest of near falls. Jarrett kicks out at a 2.9. Keep in mind, Jarrett's been hit with multiple Raven effects. He's been hit with concertos, super kicks, low blows. Raven emotions for one more finisher, but Jarrett reverses into a stroke. For the victory as trash is thrown in the ring. The American dream Dusty Rhodes baby then enters the ring to celebrate with the valiant champion to close the show. So my immediate question for you KP is on a scale of zero to John Cena. How invincible was Jeff Jarrett in this match? Oh, more than John Cena. (laughs) He breaks the scale, doesn't he? He does. He's got plot armor and then some. <laughs> Take that, Don West, who had no faith in Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Ooh, man, this look like 
There's he no did. way he can combat this. He was literally, they were literally taking turns just destroying him left and right. And he somehow still won. I don't understand. It's weird. It's like even, even face Jarrett is still, you know, overly powerful, which is bullshit. It was interesting seeing, uh, Sandman, I think it's Sandman and some of the others. I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> it was Sandman, Just Incredible, yeah, Raven, obviously, Saturn, and New Jack. Yeah, what a group! Yeah, I was like, man, that uh, when they came in, things kind of got a little convoluted, like there was just a lot going on at once. Uh, I, I, I well, wish it definitely it got convoluted, <laughs> yeah, definitely convoluted. I, I wish it would have uh, went a different route that way, but. Overall, it was a. This was probably my favorite. My favorite of the three. It's it was definitely a good match. I don't want to sound yeah. disparaging when I mention the Super Jarrett conversation. Yeah, but yeah, and, and even if Jarrett didn't go super, uh, you know, I don't think it gets talked about enough of like what a good talent Jarrett really is. He's actually not that. He's actually not bad in the ring at all. No, not at all. Jarrett's a tremendous talent. I think he gets a bad rep for, yeah, as people see it. Not saying this is my opinion, but the common, the common take that I hear is Jarrett books himself to be champion, and he couldn't be a headliner anywhere else. Yeah, but Jarrett was great. Yeah, but man, Raven, oof, this match right here, I was like, hmm. Definitely going to become a Raven fanboy now. <laughs> also, if you haven't, check out Jarrett's podcast, My World, with Huntsville's own Conrad Thompson. I've listened oh, nice. to every episode so far, and it's been great. But especially check out the two episodes where he talks about creating TNA. Oh, wow. Excellent listens. So would you give this match a thumbs up or a thumbs down, KP? I think oh. I already know the answer. Thumbs up, 100%. Hell yeah. Our second match today is Raven taking on the franchise Shane Douglas in a hair versus hair match from weekly pay-per-view number 62. In the pre-match package, we see the bloody feud between Raven and Shane Douglas with a mystery attacker in a white hood who has assaulted Raven multiple times, including hanging him over the top rope in the franchise cutting a lock of his hair. Raven says he's enjoyed the pain and looks forward to this match. Shane Douglas says it's time for Raven to get his ass franchised, which sounds pretty sexual to me. It does sound very bad delivery. It's a, it's a terrible, it's a terrible threat. It's a terrible, terrible. I'm I would a never franchise your ass. What, what does yeah, that mean? I would never tell somebody that. Like, it, it reminds me a lot. Franchise means is like it reminds me a lot of money. <laughs> the uh, movie with John Cena where he doesn't know how to properly insult someone. I'm gonna come over there. I'm gonna I'm gonna spank your ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Everything he says just sounds inadvertently sexual. Yeah. This is this is the same vibes that I'm getting here. Scott Hudson is then backstage with Father James Mitchell and the franchise to get a word about the upcoming main event. 
Father James Mitchell says over the years, Raven has hornswoggled his dirtbag fans and lackeys into thinking that he's some sort of a violent messiah. But they are going to put an end to it tonight because in order to be a messiah, you must first be respected by your lackeys. But how can your lackeys respect you when they're too busy laughing at your bald head? He says, there won't be any crew cuts. One of them will be shaved down to the bone. Shane Douglas then makes another weird sexual innuendo about franchising his ass before walking away. Right off the bat, though, with this match, Shane Douglas has one of the coolest theme songs in wrestling history. Perfect Strangers by Deep Purple. Hell of a theme song. Absolutely love it. Another quick note, Raven's entrance video kind of looks like the opening to Days of Our Lives. I'm not sure if you noticed that. His video package starts off with like the spinning hourglass. I just expect it to be like, these are the days of our lives. <laughs> you get, I mean, you can get the TNA dude to do it. The guy that does all the voiceovers for that, yeah. have him do it. I mean, it almost kind of sounds the same. Kind of does. It may be the same guy. I don't know about that. <laughs> These are the days of Raven's lives. <laughs> there is a stare down before the match as Shane Douglas slaps his face to intimidate Raven. But Raven doesn't back down. Raven is focused and not scared of the fight. The two finally come to blows, which leads to a stalemate. And the two take a step back to recalculate their game plans. They each take a minute or two just to kind of recalibrate. And the fight finally makes its way out of the ring and into the TNA faithful inside the asylum. Raven hits Douglas's head on the bleachers before handing a chair to a fan, allowing him to send franchise headfirst into it, followed by a garbage can shot. And then a little kid gets in on the chair action and he is having a blast. Can you imagine being this kid, KP? Probably all of six or seven years old. And you just pick up a chair and hold it, and Raven just sends a man's head, sending straight into it. I would never shut up about it at school. It would be pretty much the thing I tell everybody. (laughs) It's funny you say that. When I was younger, I can't remember how old. Probably like, oh God, maybe 10 or 11 maybe there was a show that they had in Birmingham called Wrestle Birmingham I believe it was I want to say it was NWA affiliated and the main event was Raven versus Terry Funk in a street fight match and I remember they were brawling over in our area we had We were right on the aisle. We had the end seats by the aisle where like the wrestlers make their entrance. And I remember, (laughs) I remember Raven coming over there, just super bloody pouring sweat. And my mom screamed because she didn't want him being anywhere near her. And Raven capitalizing on it, just grabs my mom and gives her a hug And as he pulls away, she's like super grossed out and like wiping sweat from her shoulder and (laughs) out of her hair. 
she was grossed out. And I remember that was the story I told everyone. I was like, Raven hugged my mom. He was bleeding. It was cool. <laughs> I feel like everyone needs a Raven story like that. I wish I had a Raven story. <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that. We'll see what we can do. Back in the ring, though, Raven locks in a Cobra clutch and then attempts a Raven effect. But Douglas slips out and dodges a running attack, sending Raven to the floor. Both men are busted wide open and Douglas vomits mid ring before Raven attempts a pinfall. And the referee is very hesitant to make the pinfall <laughs> with his hand coming very close to the uh, pile of vomit here. Gotta say, this is my first match seeing vomit in the middle of the ring. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, uh, I definitely haven't seen vomit in the middle of the ring in most in many matches. So this would definitely be a first. It's one of those things, like I watched this when I was younger. Obviously, I watched most of this stuff when I was younger. I pretty much grew up on WCW, then followed by TNA. <laughs> but I do not remember this whatsoever. It's to the point I was sitting here taking notes for the match, and I looked up, and I was like, wait, what? What just happened? And I had to rewind it. I'm like, oh my God, this dude just threw up in the middle of the ring. And they didn't shy away from it at all. He was just on all fours. And it was like, just right on the ring apron. <laughs> Luckily, they were the main event. And there weren't any people wrestling afterwards. That'd be bad. <laughs> that poor referee, though, he looked traumatized. <laughs> Raven walks away, though, after this. And Douglas uses this as an opportunity to grab a chain from his boot and nail Raven with it. But it is not enough. Raven hits a running bulldog on a chair for a two count. Then it's a super kick for another two before the referee is pulled out by Slash of the New Church. There's a ref bump followed by the disciples of the New Church, both Sin and Slash, grabbing a pair of tables and holding Raven, allowing Shane Douglas to attack. The Gathering, Julio Janeiro and CM Punk make the save, though as Douglas sets up a table and turns around right into a Raven effect for a near fall. KP. Do you know how fucking stoked I was when I saw CM Punk? I was like, wait a minute. No way. Mm -hmm. And then I had to immediately look it up and saw that he was part of Raven's uh, gathering. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I made sure when I sent y'all the matches for yeah. the next match, I just said the gathering. Versus, yeah, I saw so that. Yeah, <laughs> I um, thought that might surprise I was fucking you. Stoked. Please tell me that there is a punk and Raven match somewhere. Somewhere, yes. In okay. TNA, no, they never Definitely. had a singles match in TNA, but somewhere there is. But we will be doing a featured Friday of CM Punk in the future, though. So. I have curated a list of matches already for that. Oh, shit. I do believe you'll be very surprised. Future friend of the podcast, CM Punk. Yeah, Phil, just whenever you're ready, just come on the podcast, dude. Put it out there. <laughs> Raven attempts a superplex, but is thrown off by Douglas, 
going through the table. Douglas then sets up the second table and lays the prone body of Raven on top. Raven, though, seeing what is happening, jumps up and hits an avalanche Raven effect through the table for a 2.9 before the lights go out. And my question, first of all, is why didn't the referee just go ahead and hit the mat and ring the bell? But besides that, (laughs) the lights go out right before the three count and come back on to reveal a masked figure is in the ring. And that man is revealed to be Vampiro, who hits a Raven effect of his own, allowing Douglas to get the pinfall. Raven, understanding this means his head must be shaved, stands up accepts his loss and then gets on his knees, allowing father James Mitchell to shave his head. But on the surface, that may seem pretty tame. James Mitchell, however, had the shears upside down. He had them facing the wrong direction as he was, (laughs) as he was shaving the head. And basically was driving the blades into the scalp of Raven the entire time. Raven, you can see, is getting torn up from cuts. You can see him muttering under his breath. He's bleeding all over his head as the show comes to a close. Not a barber I would want to go visit. What about you? No, I'm definitely not ever going to get a haircut by Father James Mitchell. (laughs) Poor Raven. If you listen to Raven talk about this today, he was like, <laughs> he'll tell you, that, like, he was saying under his breath, like, turn him the other way. Oh, you're cutting me. Turn him the other way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Raven. I bet. He, his head was torn up. Yeah. Or, like, James, there was blood everywhere from his head. I bet James got torn into after that. <laughs> oh. I'm sure he felt bad. <laughs> But that match, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Where are we going? I was going to say thumbs in the middle, but because CM Punk's in it, thumbs up. <laughs> For me, I will give the match a thumbs in the middle, but I will give the ending a thumbs up. There's no rules here. We can do what we want. <laughs> and in our final match today, we are looking at Rage in the Cage as the gathering takes on the red shirt security and abyss from weekly episode 75. If the gathering win Raven will get a shot at the NWA championship, but if they lose Raven is completely out of the title picture. Scott Hudson is backstage with Don Callis, the red shirts and abyss when Jeff Jarrett interrupts to fire up the team, as you would expect. We then cut to a video package recapping the previous weeks with a hilarious, hilarious slow motion video of Raven hitting Abyss with a steel chair that plays probably 10 times on repeat. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know who thought it was a good idea for half of the video package just to be replays in slow motion of Raven hitting Abyss with the steel chair set to dramatic music and a terrible thudding <laughs> sound effect. But, oh, man, 
it was uh, it was interesting. I'll say that. Speaking of interesting, though. <laughs> speaking of interesting, though. <laughs> we then cut ringside to a cage dancer's underboob as she dances to Abyss's theme song. <laughs> what a strange visual, Kyle. <laughs> I'm just was not expecting a close-up shot of a girl's tits as she's dancing to Abyss's theme song. And you get Abyss coming out, holding his chains, like, Aah! Meanwhile, she's just like, do 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 Look at my body. I mean, it's one way to reel in the Abyss fans. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. It was just the juxtaposition of the... The monster abyss and boob. <laughs> it was great though. Not not the boob, but the the differential there. <laughs> not saying anything bad about the boob. <laughs> Raven and the Gathering enter the cage and immediately go to war with the rival team as JB Jeremy Borash hurries to get out of the cage. Weapons litter the ring and all of the gathering are busted open within the first few minutes. There is a fun spot at one point where three members of the gathering all work in tandem to fire up against Abyss and the red shirts, all hitting synchronized punches and back fists is a pretty interesting spot. My favorite spot of the match, though, I'm not sure if you noticed, Kyle, but did you notice Raven using a plunger on the face of Abyss? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't expect anything less it was a great abyss just laying on the ground against the cage and raven with the plunger just like trying to plunge his face off <laughs> abyss and the red shirts get advantage and julio de Nero gets placed on a stack of two tables as legend goes to the top of the cage but raven and cm punk rally to save their partner and Punk throws Legend from the top of the cage to the mat below. And that was crazy. That is a huge fall to take, especially back first onto the mat. Because I can yeah. tell you from experience, those rings are hard. Yeah, that was uh, the brutal spot. <laughs> I would not volunteer for that whatsoever. From this point out, just bear with me because things get very, very, very crazy. <laughs> and I did my best to take notes, but all hell breaks loose. Kid Cash is climbing the cage. Glenn Gilberti, the former Disco Inferno, enters with bolt cutters. But Eric Watts and the Harris twins make the save. Jeff Jarrett then runs to the cage to throw handcuffs into the ring as AJ Styles brings the fight to Jarrett. Meanwhile, in the ring, CM Punk lands an elbow drop from the cage onto Abyss and through both tables. A spot that I thought was very awesome, but didn't quite get the time it deserved. There wasn't a lot of setup. You didn't see CM Punk really go through the thought process of climbing the cage and looking around. Like, it, you saw glimpses of it, but I didn't feel like they gave that enough time to sort of breathe. 
because pretty much immediately after that, Jarrett attempts to escape AJ Styles on the outside, but turns around into Sting, who lands some punches and kicks before launching Jeff Jarrett into the side of the cage and trades Stinger splashes with AJ, which was, you know, as a Sting fan here, that was a very cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was a little. Uh, I was like, uh, I was very confused as to why AJ and Sting was there. <laughs> I don't. I didn't know the at the, the time. Of at the time, Sting and Jeff Jarrett were feuding for the NWA Championship. Gotcha, gotcha. Inside the cage, however, Northcutt uses the handcuffs as a pair of makeshift brass knuckles but both red shirt security members end up handcuffed to the ropes. So if you're keeping track, it is now three on one against abyss. The gathering take their turns landing shot after shot. Abyss fights off the attack though, until Raven hits him in the head with the chair. Punk and De Niro then line up and hit concertos on both members of red shirt security. The scene is set. Again, it's three on one. Raven gets Abyss up into position for the Raven effect. The match is just about to be over, and Raven will be able to challenge for the NWA championship. But the gathering turn on their leader, Raven, with CM Punk and Julio De Niro Hitting Raven with a concerto. Who? Tough luck for Raven here. Did not see that coming. Abyss then, of course, gets placed over Raven for the pinfall. And now Raven cannot challenge for the NWA championship. This was a clusterfuck. <laughs> a little bit. In, in an entertaining way. Not saying clusterfuck in a bad way, but definitely there was a lot of moving parts from the beginning. It just seemed like it was a big brawl from the very moment it started. Lots of interference, obviously. But overall, I enjoyed it. What do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? Thumbs in the middle, but because of the shocking thing of the gathering turning on Raven, I'm going to go with thumbs up. Okay. I am leaning towards a thumbs down, but we'll go with a thumbs in the middle for the overall match. But again, the, just the shocking moment of the gathering turning on Raven, even though it really made no sense that they would go in there and get all bloody and beat up and fight this long, hard battle just to turn on him. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I will give the ending of the match a thumbs up, though, because... Just the image of Raven being betrayed and his former disciples standing over him, hitting his iconic pose. I mean, it's a it's a great visual. But of these three matches, Kyle, what was your favorite match? Oh, easy. Uh, Raven and Jeff Jarrett. Hands down. I thought you might say that. It's probably my favorite as well, although the. Shane Douglas match was fun as well. Yeah. It's interesting seeing Shane Douglas in that role, considering we know him as parking lot correspondent. 
like backstage, you know. Well, that that's one of the reasons I chose that match for you. One, yeah. because obviously the iconic ending, that's a scene that was very famous for TNA for a long time. But the fact that you've never seen Shane Douglas wrestle in TNA. So I th- yeah. thought that would be good. So how do you feel about Raven in the Asylum era? I love Raven. Is this something you'd go back and watch more of in this setting? Just more Raven matches from this time period? Oh, I'll just watch more Raven matches, period. Oh, you should. <laughs> if you need yeah. a list of recommendations of WCW or ECW matches, just holler at me, and I will be glad to get those to you. Raven is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Hell, even uh, even uh, WWE matches. His yeah. uh, hardcore three-way with Kane and Big Show at WrestleMania 17 is one of my favorite matches ever and I don't like I'm not I'm not joking when I say that. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to check it out. Uh I'm, I'm definitely going to look for that look for the, the Raven and CM Punk matches. But that's all the time we have this week. Next episode, 2 weeks from today, we will be covering AJ Styles, The Asylum Years. As always, you can find all of our social media links in the description. For now, I've been Carmen Michael. That has been KP. This has been Total Nonstop Analysis, and we will see you Tuesday.